You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by BetUS. Here with your break from all the Higher Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, 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 NFL betting lines up for their 27th year in live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800 79 Bet US. Bet US for 125% bonuses with our promo code. That's right. To the Top Talks promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Uh, good to be here this week. <clears throat> you know, I think I actually talked one of my Mississippi State buddies into uh, signing up for the BetUS. Awesome. Make sure they so, use the so, promo yeah, code. So, 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 so something – well, I did. <laughs> I did. And I mentioned the Bitcoin thing, and I don't know if he wants to do that, but I think he's doing the other thing. Uh, well, I told him about it, and the next thing he said in the in the uh, text was, let's make some bets. So. Let's hope he's doing that, and let's hope he doesn't listen to our picks to make those bets. Um, I just got a very, very strange tweet. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring Shane on to, to discuss this. Uh, Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. Oh, yes. <laughs> What's up, boys? Uh, I need to hear about the strange tweet now. I, I'm trying to figure out if it's real or not. I'm trying to figure out if it's a if it's a joke. They're real and they're spectacular. Hold up, <laughs> like I've got. To, let's see, let me see here. Let me see. Let me well, while you're trying to figure that out, I just poured some yeah, Sazerac tell us dry whiskey uh, into a glass that I stole from the Sazerac bar at the Roosevelt Hotel in New Orleans two weekends ago. So. Wow. Have uh, it was so pretty, and the drinks were so expensive. Now, when and you say you stole that, was it one of those things that was like in the uh, in the hotel, in the uh, room fridge that you got charged like two hundred dollars for? No, no, uh, it was in the Sazerac bar in the lobby of the Roosevelt, which is where the wedding was. We actually stayed in a um, condo, a rental condo right around the corner because originally we were going to have my mom. Uh, we were going to fly my mom down to New Orleans to watch our two and a half year old. Uh, and so we had a three bedroom condo rented. And then uh, as things progressed and got closer, my mom was like, well, why don't you just fly me to Raleigh? I'll stay at your house with the dogs and Evie. And that way she'll be at her house and uh, everything will be a little bit more comfortable. And uh, we couldn't get the condo refunded. So we just downgraded to a two bedroom and stayed around the corner. So, um, no, I just got drunk one night drinking Sazerac's at the Sazerac bar. Cause I feel like that's what one should do. And when it was time to go, I wasn't done with my Sazerac. So I just walked out the building with my Sazerac in my hand. Dude, mom came through in the clutch. 
She did, man. And Evie had a blast. Um, uh, Evie was not upset at all when we left her with my mom. But uh, when we went to drop my mom off at the airport to fly back to South Dakota, Evie cried the entire ride home. So um, (laughs) I was like, well, we know who she loves. (laughs) But I'm glad glad that she loves her grandmother. Okay, this this has nothing to do with Southern Miss. I just sent you guys the tweet. And this guy seems... Like he, it doesn't seem like it's false, but I'm just going to share it whether it's false or not. Um, it says I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special teams coach Jeff Banks monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick or treater last night on Halloween. So you think things are wacky at Southern Miss? Uh, we haven't had any monkey attacks. Yeah. At first I thought the guy's name was Jeff Banks monkey. Um, but it was his pet monkey hurt somebody. Man, it's Texas dope. is a wild place. That yeah, is, I was having a hard time following. I have not got the text to come through on my phone yet. The monkey's and, jaw uh, apparently had to be pried off the small child. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, dude, people are just because you can have a monkey doesn't mean it's a good idea, people. How many times do we got to read stories about monkeys eating people's faces off before people are like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have a monkey. So this is the third consecutive. We have a streak going. This is the third consecutive episode. where We've had at least a portion of the show dedicated to an animal. You know, if it I would have had odds on this kind of story coming out of the Collins Zoo. But, hey, it's uh, it's coming <laughs> out of place Texas. That doesn't so. still exist, does it? I think they painted the fence or something. I don't. I, I feel like they got shut down, but then like I still see cars there, so I don't really. I've never been in there. I've just seen like the footage of them taking animals out of there. Yeah. Um. So it's such a know. sad place. That I kind of feel bad for zoo animals. Everybody but giraffes. Giraffes seem to enjoy zoo life. They're just like, there's no predators. They feed me. This is cool. But all the other animals kind of look sad. <laughs> Spe- speaking of zoo life. Conference USA. So this tweet. So conference. We are in the midst of conference realignment right now, as you know, as you've you've listened. And just a quick update from last week's show. It's now official that both Old Dominion and Marshall are heading to the Sun Belt. There's also some Ooh. chatter about them possibly moving faster than the July first, 2023 anticipated start date. So we will see if that comes to fruition. But it is official. Marshall and Old Dominion both leaving Conference USA, completing the the trifecta of New World Order members to head to the Sun Belt. Uh, James Madison expected to announce their move from the FBS or their move from the FCS to the FBS this week, and with that comes the announcement of them going to the Sun Belt. So that has not been officially announced yet. Uh, word is that everything's been approved through James Madison. It just has to be cleared through the state. And then they should be ready to announce as well, completing the 14-team Sun Belt that we are anticipating seeing in the near future. Uh, another- Something along Sun Belt lines before we move on to a different conference. I also saw that uh, the Sun Belt waived Marshall's $2 million entry fee. So I would imagine that they probably did that for all four schools and not just Marshall. Um since everything else has been done pretty evenly with them. So uh, that that's, should be no more money out of our pocket that could have potentially been, you know, another $2 million from our tight budget. So that's good news. So then, so that leaves, you know, Conference USA with five five schools, 
And the rumors started getting hot and heavy at the end of last week, and they're they're almost at a fever pitch now that Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee State are both going to be heading to the MAC. Again, nothing official as of this recording, but it is highly likely that those domino pieces will fall by the end of the week. That leaves Louisiana Tech, UTEP, and FIU as the remaining Conference USA schools. I feel terrible for UTEP. I hope they can figure something out. Um but they're just so far down there. They are. Texas is so far away from every Texas is a gigantic state. Texas is. I do hate it for them because they're they're doing well now. I mean, UTEP's having a good season for the first time in God knows how long. And they're just kind of screwed because they're almost in Mexico. So right before we started recording, there was a tweet that came out from Brett McMurphy. Who is, uh, you know, he's usually the guy that breaks all the bowl games. He's with the Action Network. But this is his tweet FBS Independence, Liberty, and New Mexico State, and FCS members, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State, likely joining Conference USA as all sports members, sources told the Action Network. Addition of those four schools will help replenish Conference USA after recent losses. So, You've you you've lost. Let, let's see. You've lost the six schools to the AAC. You've lost Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion to the Sun Belt, and you're replacing them with Liberty, who actually can definitely hold their own on the football field. Then New Mexico State, who who can't? Uh, Jacksonville State, who's won some sneaky FBS games here and there, but not necessarily a consistent uh, power. And then Sam Houston State as well. So it's 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 a pretty uh, man. It's a hell mary. Here, if that, mm-hmm. if that ends up being the case and those four schools come to Conference USA, that's definitely a, a Hail Mary pass to try to hang on. Why would you join that conference? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we're like before the show. We we're talking about that. I mean, is it the only thing you can offer right now as Conference USA is, is the automatic bids, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it. You can't offer money. You can't af- offer any kind of geographical footprint well you can't offer money if they do get all of the buyout money that they're owed but i mean we know how that's gone in the past but i mean 11 schools leaving at this point that's 33 million dollars if everybody pays up i think and i think uh, liberty just wants to join a conference it seems yeah Uh, let's just tell liberty i mean if they if they just got all the money (laughs) that everybody says that you know they have and they just are willing to dump it somewhere why can't they just cover everybody's fee? Like, you know what? We're just going to join right now, <laughs> and we'll cover everybody's fee. Everybody's happy. They may do that. That may be what the plan is, Like, because they've been shut down so many times to join uh, FBS conferences that it's, uh, you know, they they. I'm kind of surprised. I, w- I would think that they're in a better position in the situation they're currently in than going to whatever incarnation of Conference USA this is, but hey. Yeah, I just can't imagine. I mean, is Liberty good in anything else? Um, no, football's their strong point for sure. So I mean, and I understand that's the that's the breadwinner for most universities, but in this situation where Conference USA is literally the only thing they can offer is the automatic bids that don't come in football but come in the other sports. Uh, it's like if you're a team that maybe isn't good at football at this point, Conference USA is just taking anybody with a pulse, right? If you, like if, if you're in FBS, great. If you're not, you know who the hell cares? We'll take you too. 
But if you're a team that is good at basketball or uh, baseball, I would think that you know that that would that would be intriguing. If I was an athletic director, like you know, let's let's go over there. Who knows if we're ever gonna have enough teams to play football? But we get that automatic bid on the other sports. I don't know. This is weird. This is just the weirdest situation. A, a league that's lost nine members in two weeks has that ever eleven? Happened? Eleven in two weeks? Is that was that what happened to the Southwest Conference? That was kind of like when I was growing up, and when I was, uh, I don't know when that actually went down. Um, late eighties or something, wasn't it? Southwest Conference. Yeah, it was. Yeah, me. It, yeah, they 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 kind of. Uh, That's the last league that I can remember just isn't around anymore, and people still talk about it. I mean, outside of the Metro with uh, with basketball, but. Yeah, it's it's uh definitely you know. I say it's it, it it would have been a shocker, you know. I guess the last round, if we knew this was coming, because you know it was always thought that Conference USA was a step up from the Sun Belt, but that is definitely not the case anymore. Leadership, it, leadership, exactly. Does Judy even so say the Sun or say the Conference USA survives that they bring in Liberty, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, and Jacksonville State? And that takes them to seven members. You need six to be a conference. Does Judy keep her job? I mean, if she has the backing of if those schools, it's kind of like the previous round. You know, she kept the backing because she brought those schools in. Yeah. You know, um, you can't kick her out when she's the reason that you're there. Yeah. So that's the, you know, at least right now, I I don't. That's man. What a job. To have. Too dumb to fail. I, it's just it's it's broken. The system is broken. If this is how it, it's going to be, you just it, I, I don't know how to even make an analogy. I guess like if you're I don't know, in a, if you're a boss and you get like a huge bonus for hiring people, then that guy's never going to give you a bad review at the end of the year or something. You know, I don't. It's really weird. I'm so glad we're out of this just mess. Well, and how many how many FBS schools would that make would 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 Alabama have at that point? Would that be oh, Troy, UAB, South Alabama, Bama, and Auburn? So that's five. You throw in Jacksonville State. That's six. It's a lot for you know a state of that size. Yeah, I mean. Pop, well, Population-wise, Alabama's about twice Mississippi, huh? Yeah. Huh? There you go. Mississippi's got three. Twice the population. So the Southwest the... Conference actually made it till 1996. Anybody know that? Maybe they were doing what the Conference USA is doing now. <laughs> well, it was kind of like – I think it was like the hangers on – I mean, it was like the Rice and the Houston. It was basically everybody that uh, – Didn't ended, go to the Big 12. Or Well, everybody – yeah, everybody that ended up in Conference USA, I think. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what year the Southwest Conference started? Like 1947 or something. 1914. Okay. Good lord, that's heck of a run there. Yeah, 82 years. Run. 72. I think Judy, years. I think Judy can uh, make it that long. She's only got uh, 50 more years to go. I do not. She's <laughs> going to get in a power wheels accident way before then. I'll yeah, take the under. No way. No way on that one. <laughs> so. Uh, 
so yeah, conference realignment. So everybody's still, um, you know, everybody's still excited for Southern Miss to be headed to the Sun Belt, but the uh, enthusiasm was a little tempered after the game this past weekend. Southern Miss going up to um, Mutsu, Middle Tennessee State Murphy, University, Murphy. and falling to the were they the Blue Raiders. I don't even know yeah. my own conference mates. That's that's how bad it is. Falling to the to Middle Tennessee State by a final score of thirty-five to ten. Uh, the Golden Eagles certainly were not favored in this game. I think we were like two touchdown underdogs. But that being said, it really ended up worse than <laughs> we could have even in, in, have anticipated. Just not a very pretty game for the Golden Eagles. Um, you know, blocked what, punt for a touchdown. Interception return for a touchdown, sack fumble return for a touchdown. I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot uglier than that. No, no, not at all. And 10 points. So, I mean, we haven't, outside of that game against um, Grambling, we haven't scored more than 19 points in a game this season. So, yeah, that's where we're at. A lot of time on Twitter trying to talk people off the ledge Saturday night. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why, because, uh, if, if you're, you're on the edge at this point in time, uh, you're, you're just going to be on the edge after every game for the rest of the year, uh, is the case yeah, it's, because it's, uh, if you expect something to change, uh, I mean, we've, we've got the people that we have. You can't inject new talent into key positions in the middle of the year. And uh, I've said this a hundred times if I've said it once, big Wang Lang, all the props to him in the world for going out there and doing a serviceable job at quarterback. But the poor guy was not the starter for Jackson prep in high school. So I uh, temper your expectations. People Jackson preps backup quarterback is our starter because of injuries. And uh, it's just not, probably not going to get a whole lot better this year. See, I think that they were giving way too much blame to Big Wang Lang there because, I, I, I mean, I still think he throws the best ball that we've got from a quarterback this year. You know, I mean, he went right. I didn't think there was going to be a quarterback on our team that was going to threaten throwing for 300 yards this season. And I'm not saying he's the best quarterback on a team. I think he's a valuable backup. Uh, I think he's a guy that can come in with a good offensive line and get you – you know, if he has to come in for keys or whoever's starting for a three-game stretch, and he can go two and one pretty easy with a, with a pretty decent team around him. But here's why this last game angered me more than any other game. I'm not look. I mean, everybody, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows where I sit. But I, I, I thought that was the worst game we've played this year, and I thought it was the worst game from a, from a penalty standpoint. Ten penalties in the first half. I thought that we dropped way too many passes. I mean, I, th- I thought we did a lot of stuff that honestly doesn't. You talk about the talent level. Talent level doesn't have a lot to do. If you make a Division One team and the pass hits you right there in the hands and you drop it, you know that's 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 focus. That's coaching. That's you know, if you want to call it talent, I guess. But if all you make a Division One team right now, and you had no other offers, I mean, that that says something though. I mean, it says a little bit. It says, it says a, a lot. Um, <laughs> it says a I, lot. I, 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 well, I mean, what about, okay, what about some of the offensive line? We have a big 12 transfer, right? Can't block a soul. Um, is that a talent thing? Is that a just didn't get developed thing? Is that an effort thing? 
I don't know. I mean, I know that we have a knack of just making just catastrophic mistakes in the worst times possible. You can and see most our of offense those mistakes come from the line. They do, but it's just it's just everywhere. You know, I think I feel like this far along in the season, you should at least not be doing those things. And if we, you know what, if we just get out there and we get beat, we get beat. But for a lot, for a big portion of the game, we look like the better team. I'd say for more than half of the game, we look like the better team, and we're losing the entire time. Um, so that's where the frustration comes in for me, and it's it's the reason that I, you know, couldn't even finish that game the other day either. The last home game, I left at halftime. Um, that's never ever happened before, and. I'm fully behind all the players and all the coaches and everything, but I don't think it can be as easily as explained as you try. You just like, you know, we're just no good. I think there's more to it. I I think that's exactly what it is. (laughs) We're just not very good. That's, and when your offensive line can't block a soul or before the play starts, I I think, I think we, I think we, we pushed uh, a false start penalties. I think we, I think we, especially in the run game that our offensive line had, had several good series. Oh, we had probably the best running game that we've had by far uh, since Grambling. Uh, Some holes opened up. Frank Gore Jr. almost got 100 yards. Uh, But pass blocking is where if you take some screenshots and all of the linemen are turned around looking at the quarterback getting murdered, uh, I mean, I, you're not going to win ball games that way. Yeah, and that, I don't know enough about football, but I know a lot of the like some of those screen plays, maybe it's just brilliant defensive scheme on the other side. I don't know because we have to ask somebody else like Bridges or Marchand or somebody, but all of the offensive linemen had a hand on somebody, and somebody else was free. So where does that come in? Is that the tight end that didn't pick somebody up? Is that the Is that the back that didn't chip somebody? Is that just scheme? Theirs was better than ours? That's where I don't know the answer. But I do know the, it's not the offensive lineman just olayed his ass, you know? So There was a lot of olaying, though, a whole lot of olaying. There could have been. Like I said, I, I, don't, I do not claim to be an expert, but I have watched an awful lot of football. Was, and something's and, completely broken, and we aren't better, right? Can we all agree on that? We've gotten worse <clears throat> as the season's going on. I definitely will agree with that, and but I will say – it's a situation too of you've had a lot of musical chairs. You've right. had a lot of guys that, you know, coming in, they're playing that haven't played together, especially haven't played together, um, up front. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a reason why we're not doing, it. I mean, that's obviously part of the reason when you can't get the consistency going, you've got these guys, especially on offense that have played for how many different coordinators and head coaches over the past yeah. few years. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to like, properly place the blame or plus you know diagnose what the issue is and where the issue is but you you you're not seeing any you're not seeing any progress at all that being said you do have a quarterback that probably is uh you know in a normal season would never see the field um god bless him he's 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 playing his heart out um but it's just kind of nature of the beast right now and i just don't think he's playing bad I just don't think that he's playing bad. I don't think he's playing great. I just don't think he's playing horrible. I think when you get blindsided, you know that's not your fault. Uh, at some point well, in that game, it, you might have been it, start, you know, when you get when you get a little bit but. when you get blindsided for holding on to the ball too long, it it is your fault. And he has a yeah. bad he 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 does not he's not good at getting rid of the ball in a timely manner. And sometimes there were some drop passes. The, yeah. There were some drop the passes too. Yeah, but. There were also some throws that he just missed. But I mean, look, 
I, I don't I, I really don't want to keep talking about him because I, I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing the kid. I'm very thankful that he's here and he's putting his life on the line every game to go out there and play quarterback for Southern Miss. But he's if, if you think that he's got the talent to play D1 quarterback, you're mistaken. Uh, that, and that's the best just throw the we got on line. the team. Best I don't, I saw this year. I don't, th- I don't I think, think you're really wrong. On I don't that. think he's really the best wrong. Right. He he had some. I mean, he had some accurate coming out. Some coming out of the first game, but I think that uh, Keys was was Keys was just about there. I'm a huge Keys guy. He didn't throw as catchable of a ball. And and, and you know, and I know that I kind of knocked Abraham for that, but our guys but catch a lot more balls. If you're describing a catchable ball as something that's lobbed up in the air and floats down on you. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. That's how I think you. That's a bit of a stretch. That's how you have a ton of interceptions. I don't know, Jay. I don't know, Bump Man. I mean, that's. What about the laser beam he threw over the middle to uh to Brownlee? They probably could have went for it, you know. Six. That, I mean, that was I mean, a, that was a great pass, but he went sixteen yeah. for thirty four on the game. Yeah. I mean, he he's I mean he's he, yeah, he's done yeah, a yeah, decent I, job given the circumstances, but he's not a D one quarterback. He's just it's just what it is. I wish he was – I mean, I wish he was better, but there's been too many – I don't know, man. I mean, we all but have our opinions. It's not all on him. You've got five offensive line positions. On the two deep, that's ten players. Seven of those players are freshmen or sophomores. That's very young for an offensive line, and that is a a, a, a unit that takes time together to feel out how everybody plays – and gel and know your assignments. And when you've got so many young guys and so many different mixes over the course of the season, that just can't happen. And that creates where your quarterback gets murdered. And I mean, it's just, it's not a good situation. And we may improve a little bit if they find a group that they can continue to put out there on the field together. But if we continue to have to shuffle pieces around in the same groups, not out there playing together, it's not going to get a whole lot better. I will say, you know, it's almost like we have an offense that kind of like we need to do the easy things and just kill you softly with long drives all the way down the field. You know, like kind of like like the last like three years of Breeze when he couldn't throw it 20 yards. The problem is the more times we have to snap it, the more it can go wrong. <laughs> with, with, Amen. With all starts and all that. And then so then if you're Hall, you probably say. You know, well, let's try to hit a home run in, in, in on a long one. We try to get, uh, you know, Caston or uh, Brownlee or Bailey Brown to run a go. But to do that, uh, you have to have a little bit of time for the play to develop. And <laughs> we don't have time for the play to develop. So it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And, and I don't, I don't really think just, we... I mean, we're all frustrated, man. Who knows what the answer is? It's a, It's all of the things that we just said. And I don't, I don't know that we have anybody that has the speed to to break to just outrun somebody deep. I mean, Brownlee's got the size and jump up, but he's not like exactly a speedy receiver. So I'm not even sure we have the. I'm not sure we even have somebody with the combination of size and speed that can get down the field. Man, we can't even punt anymore. Punting was like our thing. Yeah, and, and like even even when the punts, and I saw some of this on the board mentioned. And again, I'm not an expert in football, but uh, Mason Hunt is. Awfully close to the uh, to the blockers in front of him when he puts the ball. You know, uh, I don't know if he's standing a little like a yard or two closer than normal because of the snapper. I don't know. I I, I have no idea. But I know that even on the balls that 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 did not get blocked, he almost hit the 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 blockers. 
you know, right in front of him. So we can't even do that right anymore. That's like the one thing we had, we could hang our hat on. Like we suck, but our punter's awesome. <laughs> well, we can't even do that anymore. So. And 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 I don't know. We're we're recording this on Monday night. We haven't had the the Tuesday practice, the Tuesday competition practice. Um, I'm curious about the status of Frank Gore. Is 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 Gore going to be healthy to play this week? I mean, he 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 got banged up in the game the other day. So what's you know what's he going to be looking like moving forward? Is he going to be able to play this week? Because that's a that's a big. I mean, I thought Richard did a did a solid job coming. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the snaps he got the other day, but. Uh, if you don't have Frank Gore, that's that's going to be a an, an even bigger problem. I mean, we're mm-hmm. like four and a half point dogs right now to North Texas, who's not a great football team. But you know, we're not either. We're not really, you know, it's it's a mess. But Our at this point, if you can good. score, if you can score seventeen points, it's damn near a lock. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, your defense can play great. Your defense can give up zero of those points. So. It's not great, man. We got a huge hill to climb, and <laughs> by no means do I think that uh, the, the, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm, you know, giving up on on uh, it, on the staff or anything like that. Like some of this crazy talk that I see on social, but I mean, I, I, I fully expect USM to look completely different next year. I don't expect really anything else out of this year. Hopefully, we make strides next season, and then. The year after that, entering, entering the Sun Belt, and year three with Coach Hall, you know we're back to competing in every game and looking for a conference championship. But that, I mean, for, for for us to get from where we are right now to two years from now in a different league that's better football wise, and uh, and to be competitive, that's a ways to go, dude. I just want to point something out along those lines. We all love Todd Munkin who still has me blocked on Twitter, but Todd Munkin's first year, 2013, he went one and 11. Very likely that we could go one and 11 this year. We may go two and 10, 2014. He went three and nine and Todd Munkin's third year. He went nine and five and one conference USA West. And I think we're in a, in a similar rebuild job. So I fully expect next year to be a struggle but better, and then year three, 2023, is when we'll be back to playing respectable football. Here's the uh, difference. Okay. The difference is even that first year, to your point earlier about playing the high school quarterback, he was playing an NFL quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, is Keys that guy? I sure hope he is. Um, I think he can be. Um I mean, we may have. And then, you know, you think about as many as much as we run the ball with the quarterback. It's it's interesting. And, and I think yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot. I, I'm not positive we're going to make it through a season with just one quarterback with as many times as they're expected to run the ball. Well, hopefully you can get to the point where you get the lineman built up to where you don't have you're not dependent on the quarterback to run the ball. I, I think that we're still zone read, right? Be ideal. Zone read, it could go either way. Well, I mean, that's what, have to look that, that's what we're running now. But the quarterbacks that ran the ball are quarterbacks that run the ball. Trey Lowe's a big dude. He got hurt on a freak play where he broke his foot. Or, I mean, I'm assuming he broke his foot. I know it's a foot injury that put him out for the year, but a freak play where he's kneeling to, to kill the clock. Trey's gigantic. He's built to run the football. And then Ty Keys is fast, shifty, good vision. 
He's mm-hmm. a running quarterback as well. So, I mean, you can't, you can't fault him for running those guys. They're quarterbacks whose one of their strengths is running. Both of them just happen to get injured on weird plays. Well, but you know, it, it's, it, 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 I definitely understand the sentiment though, because it seems like at, at Southern Miss, when we have had quarterbacks that we've run, that's been the outcome. And we've had quarterbacks that have been able to sit in the pocket. Um, those are the ones that have been able to play, <laughs> been able to yeah. finish the season. I so guess I Austin get it. Davis might have been like the uh, the outlier there. He Austin he was, bad, but you know, but he got hurt. Uh, that one year, Martavius Young had to come in and play the finish Boy, up the year. You want to talk about the best backup in Division One college football history, Martavius Young? He could have started for so many teams across the country. When he came in, we almost didn't miss a beat. He's a he's a TikTok star now. Is he? Yeah, he's blowing up on TikTok. Really, that's awesome. He's got a huge following. So, um, what back, does he do? Uh, I, I, he's kind of an inspirational guy, I think. Okay. Yeah, I need to hit him Octavius. up. Like yeah. big time. Um, so I mean, you look at some of the performances for the, from the other day. Uh, you definitely have to, you know, Frank Gore had twenty carries for eighty-three yards. Uh, Dejan Richard had twelve carries for thirty-four yards. So that would have put us over a hundred yards rushing, but. You know the quarterback with the getting sacked and everything that. But we had seven sacks at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. We had negative, and I don't blame Jake for this. I know we keep slamming on the kid. And I do not want to do that. But he had negative sixty-one rushing yards. I mean, usually it's not all his fault. It's no, it's definitely not all his fault. But I was, I was more or less saying that that's you know having Gore and Richard rush for over a hundred yards with the two of them. So that's. That's that's if you're going to get a positive, that's that's a positive. Jason Brownlee, nine receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown. You know, that's uh, I think that was his fifth. That's let's see. It was his second 100 yard receiving game uh, on the season and fifth of his career. So yeah, he absolutely manhandled a defensive back in the end zone to catch that that uh, pass. I mean, the defensive back was all over him, um, but the play before the defensive back had gotten called for pass interference for being all over him. And uh, I thought it was a good play call because you saw that's how that guy was having to guard him. And so you just go right back to that situation, but in the end zone and Brownlee just says, get off me little boy and catches the football. Eric Scott also uh, had his, yeah, he had his first career interception. So congratulations to Eric Scott for that. Um, you know, they turned the ball over some, but we did. I mean, gosh, they had four turnovers. We had five turnovers. Um, they had eight penalties for 83 yards. We had 12 penalties for 96 yards. It was the just. The defense gave up two touchdowns to an offense that <laughs> hasn't had a problem scoring points. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, we did knock their quarterback out of the game early, we did. too. So their backup we played did. for most of the game. Yeah. And he was able to, to run it a little bit. Um, so, hey, you know. We got four games left on the schedule. Two of those games probably aren't going to be close to being winnable, but this game this week against North Texas, we got a shot. They're they're not a great football team. And then the last game of the year, the last home game, probably our best shot to get a win is going to be against FIU, and that's uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So that brings us to the game this week, Southern Miss and the uh, fighting, roided-out Sean Hannity's of <laughs> – uh, North Texas, their coach looks like Sean Hannity to me. Um, he does. North Texas, two and six on the year, one and three in Conference USA, taking on Southern Miss, one and seven overall, and zero oh and four in Conference USA. That game is going to be this Saturday, November the sixth, twenty twenty one, at two p.m. 
That game is on ESPN Plus if you are following us from Apex, North Carolina. Um, we will be out there. This Me and Jason will be out there this weekend. They are honoring the 2011 Conference USA Championship team. I've seen some. I've seen like Terrence Pope tweet about coming back for that game. I think Daz. Daz who? McCollum. Oh, yeah. Daz is another one. Uh, I think the Seahawks are on a bye, if I'm not mistaken. So perhaps we'll see Austin. I don't know that for a fact. Fedora never answered me, so I don't know if he's coming or not. Fedora, does he have? Does he have you blocked too? I don't know. No, I'm not blocked by Fedora. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I did tweet him. I told him that the ladies were interested to know if he was coming back and we needed to make sure sugar-free Red Bull was in stock. And, uh, <laughs> no, no response. I, you, I know you're unemployed, Fedora. You don't have anything going on. You're just right. sitting back spending that sweet last, uh, North Carolina money. Um, come on, man. Answer my tweet. <laughs> so this time, if you remember, recall this last year, Southern Miss, actually, this was one of the three games we won last year. This was the Coach Walden win. Southern Miss defeated North Texas by a final score of 41-31 to 31 in this game last year. That was, a, that was a fun game. It was a lot of excitement going on at that time. There was some energy with uh, Coach Walden, and um, it, was, it was good to get a win. 41 points. Have we scored 41 points all year combined? <laughs> I mean, do you know how That's a good question. just far-fetched that is right now for this current Southern Miss team to score? And somehow I'm sitting here looking at the, the matchup predictor on ESPN, and it's pretty much 50-50. Yeah, 52.9% North Texas, but they can score. God, yeah. we just have so many problems. We have They're so many super, problems. that super I, undisciplined. If you, they are. Yeah. Well, oh my God. that's coming from a guy that's a fan of Southern Miss who uh, there's a good I mean, I texted you guys early in the game Saturday and said over under 20 penalties. And I, I mean, it, it may have been over uh, combined between the two teams. But uh, Latrell kind of lost control of that program. It seems it's it's ugly. They're they're averaging more penalty yards per game than we are. So we've got 72 penalties for 572 yards. For an average of 71.5 yards per game, that puts us at 118th in the country. They have only give uh, only had 71 penalties, but that was for 641 yards. They're averaging 80.1 yards per game in penalties, and they are 123rd in the national rankings as far as so. These are two of the most penalized teams in all of FBS. Seven yards. I watched a little bit of them in Rice uh, this past weekend just because it was on at a different time than our game. And they kept a drive going for Rice on third and long twice with unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, like back-to-back on the same drive. I think Rice ran like 20-something plays for 68 yards and settled for a field goal on that drive. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was nuts. It was, uh, they, North Texas would have them stopped and then they would do something really stupid and give them a first down. So, uh, I, fingers crossed they continue to do really stupid things. I'm looking at the comparisons here. So, this is just first downs on offense. So, Southern Miss, 136 first downs on offense. That puts us at 121st in the country. North Texas, 183 first downs. That puts them at 39th in the country. So, they got to take on our defense 
who's only given up 127 first downs this season, and ranking them number nine in the country. And their defense is gives has uh, given up 171 first downs for 76 in the country. So they're they're uh, our defense against their offense. It'll be interesting to see how they match up. I mean, that's just first downs. You could go down the. I mean, I could go through the entire list. It looks like our defensive, our defensive numbers nationally are pretty solid. We're 50th in uh, average rushing yards given up per game. We are 44th in uh, the average passing yards given up per game. We're 40th in total defense. We're 36th on third down. We are 88th in points, but that also probably factors in the other ways that you can score that we've been scored on this year as well. So that's pretty uh, impressive considering they're on the field the entire game. Yeah. Especially the, especially the first down, would you say we're ninth in the country and first downs given up? Yeah. Play the entire game. Well, I, you can't say they play the entire game because we had more time of possession last week because they scored three times. uh, (laughs) While we were on offense. While we were on offense. So we get the ball right back. But but um, but but I mean that but you know what I'm saying. Oh we, totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be, you know, hey, if we're gonna win if we're gonna win a game or two, it's gonna have to happen this weekend. It's gonna have to happen at the two home games. So that's a good thing. We're not we we shouldn't, you know uh, we're gonna show up and watch the Eagles win a game. Hopefully we show up and watch the Eagles win a game this week. I'd love it. I'm all for hey, it. Hey, what time's the game this weekend? Two o'clock. Perfect. Because the low Saturday is 39 degrees. Yeah, let's get let's get that uh, let's get it out in the sun. Let's not have any penalties. Let's I think everybody run the ball a whole lot. Let's have a let's have a ten to seven football game out of there in two hours and forty five minutes. Hey, and it is on ESPN Plus. So for those of you who have to listen, you get to listen to the 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 incredible Jason Baker with his. Uh, <laughs> Analyst uh, Dustin Allman, two of two of the best in the biz, especially when That's it comes to ESPN Plus. Love Man, how the tone has changed on that from earlier <laughs> in the season. I guess uh, Baker giving you the stink eye at the tailgate uh, turned you around. Yeah, he was fired up, man. Um, <laughs> let's touch on a couple of other things before we uh, move on to the picks for the week. We so right as we were getting ready to record, we have a new. Commit. He is a defensive back at Jones Jun- Jones College. I think that's what they're calling it now. That's my alma yeah, mater. That's so. weird to me. Yeah, but hey, it's what it is. So we have a new commit. <laughs> he is a former Golden Eagle, Markel McLaurin, originally from Collins. He came here a few years ago, transferred to Jones, and he just committed to coming back to the Golden Eagles. So um, I think coming he's back a, at a new position. Coming back at a new position, and and they're they're having a heck of they're undefeated. They're having a heck of a year this year. So, yeah, he's a wide receiver of the first round. He's coming back as a defensive back. Hey, we'll take him. Also, also it was announced that uh, one of our defensive backs who played at Jones Junior College, Fred Smith, is entering the portal. So it's kind of a uh, ebb and flow there with how this how this swapping out out. Jones DBs. Yeah, swapping out Jones DBs. So let's touch on Bet US before we get to the picks. Bet. With the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using promo code TTTT125. Or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS. All right, so on the picks last week, it was not a very good week. 
and if you've listened to us, we're this is week nine of the picks. You should know better by now. So hopefully <laughs> you are using <laughs> you're coming up with your own strategies. You're making your own picks. Uh, if you betted this week with any of us, you lost money. But the top dog this from this past week was Shane. He went four and six on the week. I was Yo. right. I was right behind Shane. I went three and seven. And then Jason with the Jamie Arrington week going one and nine. So mm. that brings the total to Shane. Uh, I'm I'm still bringing up the rear at 36 and 54, two games behind Shane, who is 38 and 52. And then Jason still the lead dog, even after even after just like hanging it up this week, he's still on top. You can't hold him down. 42 <laughs> and 48 on the season. So that brings us to the picks of this week. And we're going to start off with a couple of Sun Belt games. The first game up, of course, Georgia State and Louisiana Lafayette, or just Louisiana, however you, whatever you feel comfortable with. And Georgia State is a 12 point underdog at. Louisiana. So, J- Jason, why don't you get us started? So, you know, and I've watched uh, Louisiana. I can't say that. I got to call him Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, but I- I've watched them a couple times this year. I, I really like their quarterback, uh, Lewis. Um, they're hot. You know, they won seven games in a row. And and they just don't give up a lot of points. So if you got a team that doesn't give up a lot of points, a veteran quarterback who's possibly got the NFL in his future, and they're on fire, uh, I just don't know how you do not take uh, Ulala. So I will go with uh, Louisiana, uh, giving up the 12. You know, my workaround here is, yeah, I, I agreed last week that I would call them Louisiana because uh, Raging Review's been been nice and friendly to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of funny watching them just destroy tech daily on uh, the, the, <laughs> the Twitters. I uh, get a kick out of that. Um, they really hate each other. Uh, so that's funny. So, so I don't have to just call them Louisiana. I'm just going to refer to them as the Cajuns. Uh, you know, that, that, that'll that work because I still don't understand why they get so upset at Louisiana Lafayette. Um, and that parlays into you wanting to call them ooh-la-la because you know it gets under their skin. Um, so I, I think if they just wouldn't be so vocal about it making them angry, people would back off of it. So we're going to go Cajuns, and I'm going to go with the Cajuns uh, for all the same reasons that Jason said. Uh, their senior quarterback just set their uh, school touchdown record. Uh, they're scoring a boatload of points. They're not giving up many points, and um, 12 is not a big spread. I think they win this game by more than two touchdowns, the Cajuns. I'm going to go with the Cajuns as well. I mean, they there's a reason why they are ranked right now. They're a very stout team. Georgia State's been formidable, but, yeah, I think that the, the, the raging Cajuns will – you know, I'm going to pick them to to cover with the 12. I think the line actually opens smaller than that, if I'm not mistaken. But so that the money is definitely going in the same direction that we are. Up next, we have a matchup of two former Southern Miss opponents from this season. We've got South Alabama at Troy. Troy is a four point uh, favorite in this one. This is a uh, pretty evenly matched game. I mean, it's at Troy. Um I mean, no, it's at, uh, it's, is it at Troy? It is at Troy. It is at Troy, okay. yes. Yeah, so this game's at Troy. Um, 
And, you know, after seeing both these teams, I don't know, man, it's a super evenly matched game. I got my pick sitting right here in front of me, and I'm tossing it back and forth right now. But I, I think I'm going to take South Alabama because I just think that this is going to sound horrible. But I'm taking South Alabama because I, I feel like they have the ability to just score more points than Troy does. That's that's a key in that situation. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to take Troy because I'm also going to take South Alabama, but I'm not taking South Alabama for the reason you did. I'm taking South Alabama because Kane's defense is pretty solid and they're not giving up a lot of points. So it is at Troy, but I think the Jags pull off the uh, the road win here. And uh, with the point spread only being four, um, uh, I'm I'm going with the Jags. I think uh, I personally think Troy is a better football team. I'm going to go with the Trojans and take the four there. Uh, up next, we have Louisiana Tech, everyone's favorite uh, conference USA team that resides in Louisiana. Uh, they are taking on the UAB Blazers. UAB, a 13.5-point favorite at home. So UAB is better. Um but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they even win the game outright, honestly. Um, I feel like they will, but I don't think it's just a, I don't think it's a lock that they even win the game. Um, I think they're going to score some points. Uh, hmm. 13 and a half. I think I'll go, uh, I think I'll go Louisiana Tech just to keep it close. Not positive they're going to win, but just, uh, I'll, I'll go with Tech. Um, I think Tech's kind of falling apart and, Teching like tech usually does down the stretch. Um, that said, you don't know what UAB team is going to show up. Uh, is it the UAB team that gets absolutely shelled by Liberty and loses to Rice, or is it the decent UAB team that they tried out there every once in a while? Um, it's in Birmingham. Uh, I'm going to go with the Blazers. Ooh, I, you know, and that's you got two teams that can be inconsistent. That being said, and, you know, I, Tech can be sneaky, but I'm going to go with the UAB at home. I know I did that when they took on Rice a few weeks back, and it didn't pay off, but I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take UAB on this one. I, I really don't have a good reason for that pick. I'm just going to do it. Up next, <laughs> we have the Rice Owls, two, two future AAC members, the Rice Owls and the Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte is a six-point favorite at home. Um, yeah, future AAC game of the week, I'm sure. Um, very even matchup. So uh, even given the points, I guess I'm going, just going to take the, the home team. Um, Charlotte's four and one against the spread in the last five games, so I'm going Charlotte. Yeah, I didn't do any research on this, so I have no idea what these teams are against the spread, but uh, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Rice, and since it's been Charlotte, I do think Charlotte's going to win the game. Touchdown spread with the 49ers. I'm going to go with the Rice Owls. I don't think either team's been inconsistent, but uh, Rice has been has been a little sneaky at times, so I'm going to go with Rice. Then we've got our opponent from this past week, Middle Tennessee State at Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky, a 15-point favorite. So first of all, can, we, can I just start off with saying like one of the main reasons that I'm so frustrated with this season and 
I'm ready to get out of this conference so badly is because of last week. Number one, they're, you know, it's not even to like a high school championship level crowd to go to a lot of these Conference USA games. Did you guys see the crowd? Was it that Middle Tennessee yeah. game? It's uh, a I, I didn't see that. I didn't see a crowd combined than people in the it, crowd. It's, it, it's a joke. The stadium is just like an erector set. It's just there's nothing. It's just I cannot wait to get away from that. And, and to, to cap it off, we're not even good enough to beat these guys right now, which makes it even more painful, I think. But both the and, and Western's not very much different. You know, when you watch some of their games, uh, I think they're both four and four right now. I just think there's just no way in hell middle can keep up with Western. Um, 15 is a lot to somebody who can't tackle anybody, but I don't care. I'm going Western. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, Middle Tennessee is a bad team. Uh, we saw that. I mean, that, that they, uh, defensive line actually played fairly well and they just absolutely blew our offensive lineup, but that was kind of the big bright spot for them. Uh, Western can score points, and I think they beat Middle Tennessee by more than a couple touchdowns. Um, so I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers. I I think uh, you know if I had to pick a winner straight up, I'd go with Western. But I, I think the 15 makes me a little nervous, so I'm going to go with Middle Ten. I think Middle Ten. I mean, they they lead the the country in turnovers. So I mean, if you're going to air it out like that, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, Western's been good, but they, they've certainly been vulnerable. So I'm going to go with middle 10 uh, just for that reason. I think the 15 is a little too high for my taste. Then we have a uh, future Sunbelt member Marshall as a one and a half point favorite at uh, future AAC school FAU. So the game is in Boca. Um, Marshall just rolled up FIU uh, last weekend, 30 something to nothing. I think uh, I think Marshall can get it done on the road. Um, just got to get that run game going, you know. Every every game, every game they get their run game going, they they look really good. So I'm going to take Marshall. Yeah, um, we didn't mention that the last matchup, the Mutsu and Wuku, uh, is a future MAC matchup. Um, uh, yeah, that's so right. I just wanted to point that out. Good point, uh, but. Uh, yeah, Marshall seems to be getting their stuff together and really inconsistent as well this year. Um, FAU is serviceable, but not great. I think Marshall wins the game and, uh, it's only a one and a half point spread. So I'm going to go with the herd. FAU undefeated at home this year. So it should be a close game. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with FAU in this one. It's because of that fantastic atmosphere they have. It's well, I don't know about in the stadium, but outside of the stadium, you'd be tough. You'd be hard pressed to find a better atmosphere, as far as like because all the blow. There you go. So uh, Marshall, Marshall, not exactly used to That's that kind of I weather. <laughs> Marshall, not used to that kind of weather. So we're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with one of the owls in this one. Um, then we've got future Sunbelt member Old Dominion, the, the powerhouse of the Monarchs out of Old Dominion, are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at FIU. So Old Dominion two-and-six, FIU one-and-seven. Um, All-time series between these two teams tied at three-and-three. 
Both teams suck. Uh, I think FIU sucks worse, but they're at home. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. You flip a coin here, and uh, I guess I'm going to go FIU. Good, good, good. Um, because I am going to go against Conference USA cornerstone institution, FIU, and uh, pick our future Sunbelt Conference mate, Old Dominion, in this one. I'm going to go with Old Dominion, too, and, and simply because I think that FIU is is the worst team in the East. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping they stay that way at least for the next month. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Old Dominion as well. All right. Then we've got. So this is an this is an interesting matchup and this is an interesting line in this matchup. So you've got uh, this. This should be for the lead in the West. You've got. UTSA as an 11 point favorite at UTEP. Yeah. So it's at the sun bowl, um, which might actually mean something for the first time in, in recent memory, really. Um, man, UTSA is tough, you know, but UTEP is, is solid. Like when we played them, I thought they just kind of, they were just, you know, not bad at anything, not great at anything, but just a solid, Football team, UTSA, UTSA coach just got paid. Um, man, I really want UTEP to win, but at the same time, UTSA is rolling, and honestly, UTEP might. There's a, there's a chance they could even get embarrassed in this game. I think there's a small chance that they can win a close one, but there's a better chance that they can just get just just run out of their own house. So I'm going to take UTSA. Yeah, uh, UTSA, um, as much as I hate to admit it because their fans annoy me, um, has a really good team this year. Uh, and UTEP has the best team that they've had in a long time, but they're not as good as UTSA. Give UTSA their props. UTSA wins this by more than two touchdowns. The spread is 11. I'm going with the Roadrunners. I would, uh, you know, if I was picking with my heart, I would say UTEP. I would love to see UTEP come out and win this game, but um, UTSA has just been too good this year. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I, – I, I know 11 points is a lot, and that's almost too much to take, but I'm going to have to go with UTSA on this one and complete the, the, the quadruple T sweep. All right, now we get to our game of the week, and um, if you look at how poorly we are all doing – it usually comes down to this game every week, and except for Jason, he's got a few. Like that's his lead right now, is <laughs> yes. based off of what off of that. Uh, but so you've got North Texas at Southern Miss. North Texas is a four and a half point favorite. I think the 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 line opened at five and a half. So North Texas a four and a half point favorite in Hattiesburg against the Golden Eagles this Saturday, two p.m. So we're we're just. You know, man, we're just we're just not a very good football team. Um, I'd love to see us find a way, but at this point, it's hard for me to even imagine how that's possible anymore. Um, I think North Texas wins this one, and I sulk away about halfway through the fourth quarter with a big frown on my face, and I will take the uh, I will take North Texas. I'm going to push back a little bit and say that it's not that we're not a very good football team. 
It's that we're an atrocious offense. Mm -hmm. Because our special teams aren't bad. Our defense is solid. Uh, so if we could get any offensive production, anything, anything at all, please, dear God, anything at all, <laughs> it would really go a long ways to winning a couple games over the course of this season. That said, do I think it's going to happen at this point? Probably not. I think we're just going to continue to be an atrocious offense and it's going to be really painful to watch. Uh, but I'm not betting against the Eagles. I'm hoping that this is one of the two wins that we get over the course of the rest of the season. Go Eagles. Yeah, I, uh, I, I I'm not going to bet against Southern Miss. So I, I will, I will take the, I will take that as well. I think that North Texas, North Texas, North Texas. Yes. North Texas. North Texas statistically is one of the worst defenses that we're, we're going to face this season. Um, so hopefully that hopefully Gore is good to go this week. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to pick against Southern Miss, so I'm going to go with the Golden Eagles as well. Then we come to the over under in this game. So if you think, you know, this is where it gets interesting here because this is a, the over under in this game is 47 and a half. We were the over under last week was 48. We were a field goal away, like in Middleton almost scored there at the end. I was like, oh man, we're going to get an over in this game. It's going to happen. And it didn't. So uh, this is where it gets interesting. Forty-seven and a half over under. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. So last week, if that uh, if that fumble doesn't happen, which I'm not positive that he didn't break the plane, but there wasn't a view from the uh, from the pylon. Um, if that if that gets called a touchdown, the over hits, right? Yep. Um, but there's so much weird stuff that happened in that game with the block punt, and you know, just we scored. Uh, you know, <laughs> for all that to almost equal it over, I don't think there's any way in hell we get anywhere near this 47 and a half unless we lose 40 to seven. Right. So, um, I'm taking the under, we just do too much dumb stuff right now and not enough smart stuff. Um, if we get any more than 20 points on the board, I think it'll be a freaking miracle. So I'm taking the under. Yeah. That. <laughs> That exactly. <laughs> um, so brains wise, well, I should definitely take the under, but I've been rolling with the over and it's got to hit at some point. So there's no reason why it can't hit this week. Uh, just from the law of um, just me staking with over every time at some point it's going to have to hit. So <laughs> I'm going to ride with the over again just because it's got to happen at some, at some point. We're going to have to go over. It's just got to happen. So I'm going to take the over. So there you have it. There we have our picks of the week before we get into some of the other sports. So we have men's basketball. There was a scrimmage this past weekend, or the Golden Eagles had a solid outing in that. Uh, this Thursday is an exhibition game. That's Thursday, November the 4th at Reed Green Coliseum. Exhibition game against Delta State at 7 p.m., be sure that you uh, print off your parking pass, Jason. Then <laughs> next Tuesday. Go ahead and print them all. Go ahead and print them all. I'm not printing anything. It's a, it a matter of principle. Next Tuesday, Southern November the 9th, Southern Miss at 7 p.m. will take on William Carey at the Greenhouse as well. And then next Friday, November the 12th, Southern Miss has a home game against Louisiana. 
slash Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, coming to Hattiesburg on Friday, November the 12th. So men's basketball season is here. Exhibition season kicks off this week. Next week, we get into when it counts. So there you have it for men's basketball. Hey, uh, real quick, not to butt in, but go ahead. There's been, there's been a creature alert 19 oh. minutes ago by oh. Joe Marino. I think that's Markel. That's is probably it? Markel McLaurin, yeah, I would yeah. think. Okay, well, that's just 20 minutes ago. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. it was only like an hour ago that uh, Markel tweeted out. Okay. I mean, I'd look, I'm, I'm hoping it's another commitment. That would be cool. Um, but there's already been one. Go back uh, go back on uh, Joe's Twitter and see if he's tweeted that out twice. It does tonight. say Operation Come Back Home. There you go. Mississippi yeah. made, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just saw it pop up. No, that's like good. Roost, Markel. So Shane, tell us, uh, tell us what else happened in uh, Southern Miss athletics this week. <laughs> sure. Um, we're a soccer school, so we're going to start off with soccer. Uh, big news today: the uh, Conference USA offices, wherever they're located right now, uh, in a Halloween spirit store, I guess. Uh, announced the uh, Conference USA All-Conference Awards. Uh, our uh, Colombian phenom freshman, Ilana Izquierdo, won Freshman of the Year. Uh, that is the first USM soccer player to win that honor, so that's uh, that's pretty big. Uh, she was also named to the first team, uh, along with Ariel Diaz. And then third team, we also placed uh, keeper Kendall Mendich and Macy Pennington. So uh, four total Lady Eagles being named to the all-conference team uh, with Izquierdo winning the Conference USA Freshman of the Year. So backtracking to last Thursday, uh, our last regular season home, our last regular season match was at home. Uh, ladies faced UTSA. That game ended in a one-to-one tie. Uh, that was enough for the Lady Eagles to lock up the number one seed in Conference USA West. Uh, and currently the Conference USA tournament actually started today. And the ladies will face the winner of the Charlotte-Florida Atlantic game, which is uh, potentially still going on. I did check the score uh, before we started recording, and it was tied at two in the the 70th minute. So unless somebody scored in the last 20 minutes of regulation, uh, that could be an overtime match and still playing. Uh, but they will play that match on Wednesday the 3rd at 7 down in Boca, and that will be on ESPN+, Plus if uh, anybody wants to watch the ladies play in some Conference USA tournament action. Uh, so good luck to the Lady Eagles there. Let's do another run through the Conference USA tournament and finish it off with a trophy this year. Uh, the Lady Eagles heading into the tournament in their first round by sit at eight, three and three overall and four, one and three in Conference USA action. Uh, Jamie touched on men's basketball. The women's basketball team had an exhibition match at home tonight versus Southeastern Baptist absolute massacre the ladies were up 57 to 7 at halftime and a final score of 109 to 18 uh i mean i know southeastern baptist is not a powerhouse by any means but 109 to 18 joy lee pump the brakes sbc sbc (laughs) 
uh yeah that's that's pretty gnarly um i mean that's what you're supposed to do uh as as jason said when we were talking earlier uh you're supposed to blow those teams out but 109 to 18 is a little wild um uh the same day tuesday the ninth uh that the men play william carey the ladies are actually going to play william carey at 11 o'clock that morning uh, and that's the next action for the women's basketball team. Uh, this past weekend, Saturday the 30th, uh, the cross-country ladies uh, were in Charlotte for the Conference USA Championships. Uh, the Lady Eagles uh, finished fourth in the Conference USA Championships, and junior Lena May placed fourth overall and was named to the first team All-Conference USA team. Uh, next up, uh, the Conference USA Championships do not stop the cross-country season. Uh, Friday... Uh, the 12th, I have October 12th written down, but, uh, that's obviously not true. November the 12th is going to take place in Huntsville, Alabama is the NCAA South regional. So the ladies will be taking place in that, uh, also in action this past weekend, volleyball, uh, played Louisiana tech. They actually split the uh the two games against uh la tech there in hattiesburg uh with a win on friday three to nothing and then falling one to three on saturday so that moves the lady eagle volleyball team to 11 and 15 on the year and three and nine in conference usa action next up uh the fourth which will be thursday they play at Alabama State. Uh, beach volleyball played uh, in a tournament um, this past weekend. There was not a ton of information except for a small write-up on the beach volleyball site, and that was that they played two set matches against teams from Florida State, LSU, Tulane, and Spring Hill, and that they won 14 of the sets on the day. So um, there was no mention of total matches played uh just how many sets they won who they played against and that they were all two set matches so it was kind of like a not necessarily a scrimmage situation but kind of a scrimmage situation uh and then next up on november the 6th in huntsville alabama uh kind of a similar tournament uh where LSU and Tulane will be there uh, as they were in this past tournament, but UAB, Georgia State, and Chattanooga will also be taking place in that. And uh, that'll wrap up uh, other news in Eagle Land this week. All right. I think we've done a, a pretty good job of nailing down all the ins and outs from this past week. Do you guys have any shout outs? <laughs> I do. <coughs> Sorry. That was a shout of tequila. <laughs> it went down poorly. Um, so the first shout out I wanted to give was to, uh, Jason Baker. Uh, he hooked my, uh, son Jack up with a Southern Miss backpack. Uh, cool. he absolutely loves it. Yeah, man. It was really cool. Baker uh, dropped it off on the way to actually call those volleyball matches the other day, Shane. Um, and it made cool. Jack's day for sure. So that was really cool. Um, not Southern Miss news, but I wanted to give a shout out to my nephew, Jonah Katsabulas, who's now a senior Brandon High School middle infielder. He officially signed with uh, Pearl River Community College to play baseball there next year. So that is really cool. Hopefully one of these days we'll see him in the black and gold. You never know. That'd be um, awesome. Yes, that would be incredible. Um, I would have to have some earmuffs out there in the roost maybe. But anyway, um, Chad Dickens uh, and his military unit will be there this weekend. This is like military uh, day at the Rock, uh, military appreciation day. And uh, 
Chad's uh, units, and I think they're actually, I think they're going to be, uh, I think they're going to be recognized at some point. Anyway, um, it's going to be cool to to see all those guys again. And a final shout out is to William Carey College. They bought a hundred tickets for the military to this week's game versus North Texas. I want to say you can contact the ticket office and buy these upper deck tickets for ten dollars, and they give them to the people at Camp Shelby just to come and watch the game. Um, so that was cool of William Carey to do that, and I want to give him a shout out. If you sit up top, you should have no problem walking down to the bottom and finding a seat. So, yeah, just, right. just, get, just get into the us Hit us up in the end zone. Here, right. Come see us at the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Let's party. The well, actual like, end zone, not the bar. Mm. Well, I guess that's 4th Street Bar now, huh? It's not yeah, the it's end zone anymore. Bar. Hey, at this yeah. point in the season, we'll take any end zone. Yeah, we'll, whatever sure. end zone, we'll, we'll t- we don't discriminate. What about you, Shane? Yeah, well, I mean, Jason already mentioned Chad, uh, but since it's going to be so cold this weekend, maybe Chad will grace you guys with his famous family warm cider recipe. Mm. Um, Just to throw that out there. Uh, And I don't necessarily have any shout outs to anybody in particular besides that, but I will go ahead and run over what I thumped tonight. So uh, before I forget. Uh, I already said that the the first thing that I, I popped was the Sazerac rye to go in my uh, thieved glassware. Uh, the second pour I had was a Wild Turkey Russell's Reserve six-year rye. And then uh, this last thump was a Whistle Pig 10-year uh, single barrel from my friends at Raleigh Bourbon Select here. Uh, they named this one Notorious P.I.G., uh, and it's um, 104.6 proof, delicious Canadian distilled whiskey that was finished aging in Vermont. And uh, I'm a big fan. I want to give a shout out to everybody that came out to the Hattiesburg Halloween Parade. Had a great time out there the other night. Uh, Shane got to hang out with one of your buddies afterwards, Scott Covington. And the yeah. animals at, uh, at the keg there. But it was good to see everybody. It was it was a little chilly. Had a little bit of rain, but uh, it, was, it was a fun time, a uh, fun parade. Always fun to have uh, those type of activities here in the city of Hattiesburg. So it's going to be a little chilly this weekend. Jason, we're, we're still planning on being out there. I think the high is 61, so everybody needs to dress accordingly. I don't know if there's any kind of dress. Uh, I don't know if there's any kind of like, is there a blackout game this year? It was doesn't it? matter. Just, Just show out. up. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> concur there, but we just didn't let you finish. You still <laughs> let me finish. Yeah, we stole your thunder. Sorry. Just yeah, just show up and uh, and, you know, hey, hopefully we can get a win. Hopefully we'll have a good time. I'll tell you I'll what. At two o'clock though, it's probably gonna be perfect weather. Yeah, absolutely. And two, hey, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how these. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that 2011 team. Yeah. Maybe some of the linemen can sneak into a uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, maybe AD can sneak up under center. Hey, whatever works. Well, hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. (laughs) I could play for Alabama. USC or Notre Dame You have lots of things to offer But Southern Miss 
Mississippi Put you off shame I was born Here in Hattiesburg Never ventured Far away When it comes To playing football Here in Eagle Heaven Is where I'm gonna stay I could play For North Carolina Ohio State RLSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Puts you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 